Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, we are here with the Hollywood Life Podcast and we are so excited. I am such a fan of Full Frontal with Samantha B. One of my one of my very, very favorite shows for many reasons. And we have got two guests here from the show. They are correspondents and they are also producers and writers. And so we are here with Alana Harkin and Ashley Nicole Black. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. And yes, we also have Ali Stagnita piping in from Hollywood Life and our producer, Nick Gonzalez. He doesn't have a mic. <laughs> we don't give the boys a mic. We don't give a, boys aren't allowed to talk in this room. <laughs> yeah, they get enough of a platform, don't they? Yes. But, you know, we've got you two ladies. And listen, we are very proud of you. And this is so deserved because the show is nominated for all kinds of Emmy Awards. And um, Alana, you are nominated for, well, you are part of the nomination for Outstanding Variety Talk Series, Outstanding Variety Special, and Outstanding Writing for a Variety Special, and Ashley, Outstanding Writing for a Variety Series, and Outstanding Writing for a Variety Special. Well, that's like a tongue twister. <laughs> it's, all, it's all outstanding. It's yeah, all it's just outstanding. It's, it's, right. Exactly. That's right. You're that's just right. totally outstanding, and we are <laughs> going to be rooting for you to win these awards and to get up on that Emmy stage. And listen, it's been such an incredible year with the show. You guys have done the most, you know, kind of amazing episodes and segments. And, uh, you know, a couple that were my favorites, of course, were the Apology Tour, where <laughs> <laughs> you were like dispatched around the world, not just a country. It wasn't really a country. You were out in, in Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Haiti, 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 just to apologize for Trump's behavior and policies towards them um, from Amer- Americans. Um, so that was like one of my very favorites. And I mean, the whole trip to Puerto Rico, washing up on the beach of Puerto Rico <laughs> is pretty funny. Um, that was a segment where you literally went down to Puerto Rico and we watched Samantha and some of you climb right out of the water onto the beach to check out what was going on there. And yeah, so, that was our special. That was our, that's right. yeah, that was our full special. That's right. Incredible. You did a full yeah. special on it. So you, you've, you've really, I think, been extremely busy with all of the activity that's been going on with the Trump administration. So let me just ask you, like, in your words, how do you feel that Trump and all his policies have affected the, your show? 
<laughs> Silence. <laughs> I think in the, <laughs> I think in the same way it affects our lives. Like a lot yeah. of people ask us, "Don't you think he's great for comedy?" And it's like, no. When people are afraid and angry and having a bad time, they're not their best at anything, including comedy. So it's definitely a challenge to like every week try to find something funny to give people that little spoonful of sugar they need to get them through the week. There's not a lot of good news. No. There's not a lot of good news comedy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Here's a great piece of news. Uh, no, it's it's a lot of uh it's a lot of bad news that, you know, that we're we need to turn into uh comedy because that's that's what our show does and um but it, you know, it's sometimes it's really challenging cuz some stories are so difficult that we don't want to tell them, but we know that we we have to because our audience is is waiting for our perspective on it. Do you feel like your audience, uh, one of the reasons that they're tuning in, though, is because it, it's kind of relief, but not so much relief just that they want to get a laugh, but that they want to share in your perspective on it so they feel like they're not alone. Like, you know, they're so kind of frightened about what's going on, too, and frustrated. And so they tune in to Samantha, they hear her monologues, they see your, your segments, and it's kind of like, well, at least there's some sanity somewhere in the world. Yeah, I think people are like, oh, I'm not the only one who thinks this. And then also Sam is like so cool. And I think like I look up to her. I'm sure other people look up to her. So when someone you look up to is like just as mad as you are, uh, you're like, OK, I'm not crazy. We're all in this together. Yeah, I mean, people think to themselves, oh, I can't believe Sean Spicer is coming out with a book and he's going to make money off it. Oh, it just drives me crazy. I wish someone would, like, you know, do something to disrupt that. And we're like, okay, we will. <laughs> we'll so, make fun yeah. of him. <laughs> Didn't you take a unicorn? Tell us about that. We did. We yeah, did. tell we, us all we, about this. We went to his book launch in New York um, and we asked him how he felt about profiting off of lying to the American public when there was no questions allowed. And <laughs> and then uh, it got kicked out. That was me. And then Ashley, uh, God bless her heart. Went to Rhode Island, which like, I mean, listen, people are like, oh, liberals are so mean. And in this case, yes, I literally took like eight hours of train ride just to go say one mean thing to Chef Spicer <laughs> for this piece. But yeah, we went to Rhode Island, went to his book launch. And again, you know, asked him the same question. Like, how do you feel about profiting off of lying to people, I asked him, uh, do you miss, are you jealous that Sarah Huckabee Sanders gets to lie to the press oh, now? <laughs> and what did he say? He, he just, nothing. Nothing. He, he pulled a Kanye. Yeah. He was like <laughs> such a total pro because we were taking a photo. So I have my arm around him and I felt like his whole body was just like, no, I can't believe he did this. But he just smiled for the photo and was very professional. Well, tell them what you were wearing. Oh, and I was wearing, I just have to say, we made this shirt. We did not give Donald Trump any money, but our wardrobe department made a Trump t-shirt. Um, walking around in a Trump t-shirt was a trip because everyone, I got invited to so many things. People were like, we have a young Republicans club. We have like, uh -oh. people are so excited to see a young black woman in a Trump shirt. <laughs> like, and wow. where was that? At his book signing that you yeah. and that they weren't asking you to come and join? Yeah. Um, yeah, I could have moved into somebody's house that day if I wanted to. Like, people are just like, yes, you're here. We want you so bad. They didn't do that to Mike, though, because he showed up in a unicorn costume. <laughs> Spicer called uh, Trump a unicorn. He's a he's 
what did he say? A he's unicorn a, riding a unicorn, unicorn over, a rainbow. over a rainbow. And so that's basically what the costume Mike <laughs> wore to the country club where he was having his <laughs> <laughs> Right. And didn't you, because I, I, wa- I watched this, like he was speaking and then this unicorn went by the window yeah. outside back yeah. and forth. <laughs> and did and he did seem to like look and go, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was probably, but you know what? They didn't let him in. The unicorn. They didn't. I guess they didn't. <laughs> How dare they? Yeah, I don't he know. He, he said it. Why wouldn't they let him in? I don't know. Maybe he thought it was a gift. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, well who knows I, what Sean Spicer thinks? Yeah, seriously, that's, that's very true. Well, I'm not sure that a country club would necessarily let in a strange unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> it was white, but they should. Oh, it was white. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Do you um, feel like people tune into the show not only for the like comedic relief, but also to get their news? Like, would you consider it also a news show? We would not. People do. People mm-hmm. definitely confess to us that they get their news from the show. And I used to like really hate that. Yeah. Now I understand it more because the news, a lot of the news is people yelling at each other. And if mm-hmm. you don't want that, I... People should get their news from a newspaper. Mm -hmm. The New York Times and the Washington Post are both fine papers. (laughs) Please read them. And please get a subscription. Yeah. And pay those publications. (laughs) Support them. Yeah. Uh, Why do you say, though, that you hate that you are news? Uh, Because I'm not a journalist. Like, we're both comedians. I studied at the Second City, which is a comedy theater. Yes. Yeah. So I should not be your source of news. Like, I'm real dumb. Like, don't. Get news true. from no, me. Don't put yourself. You cannot. Okay, I'm dumb. worried now because I get all my news from Ashley. <laughs> so I don't know what to do now. I do like said I am the constant emailer from like 7 a.m. till 10 p.m. So even if if you just got my emails, you would be somewhat well informed because I am the one in the office who's constantly emailing stories. But I have to say, I feel though that your show does break news. I mean. So- Sam has gone up there with her monologues and she she doesn't just, um, you know, tell stories or tell jokes. I mean, she is providing information and highlighting facts, which are really important, Mm -hmm. about different issues. And she works them in. So I feel like she is a news source. And often she's breaking stories. Well, she's breaking an angle, too. Yes. We don't break. We break news very, very rarely. I think we've maybe actually broken news twice. But... So everything that we get, we have gotten from another journalist. We do have journalists who work on staff, but like our fact checker, no matter how true you know something is, if it hasn't been broken by a real news outlet, we're not going to say it on our show. So we're sort of like repackaging the news. Yeah, she's highlighting something that perhaps hasn't been highlighted in the news and coming at it from a, a different perspective. Yeah. Well, I think... I mean, I sort of feel that that this is interesting, this whole topic about comedy shows, late night comedy shows actually becoming real news. Like, remember when Jon Stewart was at The Daily Show, he called it a fake news show. He would say, Mm -hmm. we're not real news. Yeah, they didn't. They don't like that. Right. No, Trevor Noah doesn't say that mm-hmm. anymore, though, because when you have a president who's spouting fake news and lies constantly, it sort of changed your role. Um, like Trevor, Stephen Colbert, Samantha, um, Jimmy Kimmel. I mean, you now are you're kind of you're providing um, kind of the opposite of the teeter totter because Trump's like up here in La La Land with lies, and you're actually providing 
real facts. Like just like you said, you're worried about saying something that's not factually correct. You have fact checkers. You want to yes. make sure of your sources, and so that is providing a check in a way and a non-fake news from comedians. Plus, you become moral arbiters. Well, we're not lying, right? <laughs> we are a hundred percent telling the truth. We're not lying. We're 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 also telling our truth. That's the difference too. Like a journalist, you know. Can't has can't give completely their perspective on something. Sam can, so you know we enjoy you know watching Anderson Cooper and thinking I know what he wants to say. <laughs> the good news is is that we can say that. You know what I mean? Where people are going to come, not going to come after Anderson Cooper for the same things that they would come after us for. Mm-hmm. So we have there's wiggle room to have a little bit of fun, but we're definitely in pursuit of the truth. And I think there's like, um, because everybody has an opinion and it's impossible to be perfectly unbiased and journalists try, which is great and what they should be doing. But people are distrustful now because there is so much, you know, claims of fake news and stuff like that. So with a comedian, we're just telling you this is our opinion. Mm -hmm. So there's no need to feel distrustful or like, I wonder what she really thinks. It's like, you know, she's yelling it at you. You know what she really (laughs) thinks. Yeah. And I think that's important, too, that you're giving your opinion um, that the show has an opinion. Um, I mean, listen, I feel like um, that the focus that the show had early on on the migrant children being separated from their parents, I mean, that was a big deal because Full Frontal and Sam B, they, you guys brought that up as an issue before the mainstream press really jumped on it. Absolutely. And I think that that was part of the issue with some of the controversy that came up around that is that in, in, in that case, we were kind of ahead of the story. You were. So we were sort of on top of that story before everybody else was, as you said. And so I feel like if, you know, what happened happened a couple weeks afterwards, it wouldn't have had as much controversy. Cause, yeah, cause people pe- didn't understand yeah, our didn't level it. of outrage because they weren't familiar with the story. We yet. were already outraged. Yeah. We were very angry and wondering why everybody wasn't freaking out. So, and then they, everybody eventually caught up. Why, how did you get onto that so early? Like, why did, why were you ahead of the curve on that, on that news? Um, I'm not sure who pitched that, that particular story, but we have a really diverse staff. And so a lot of times people bring in stories because it actually affects their family or their community. And those are the people who are going to know about it first. So we do have a lot of immigrants on staff. Obviously, our boss is an immigrant also. So they're closer to the ground in knowing those stories a lot of times. before. Alana's an immigrant. Yeah. <laughs> yes, from Canada. Not the same thing really as what... One of those ex-whole countries. <laughs> you too, Bonnie, who's I also know. from Canada. I am an immigrant. So yeah, when you when Lucky. it affects your community, you tend to know the story before the national media does. And that's where we have such a great staff from so many different backgrounds that there's a lot of stories that we get first because we're just there. Well, I remember watching Sam talk about it, like give her monologue about the migrant children being separated and being put in cages. And she was so upset about it. And this was the first time she talked about it. And I remember thinking, geez, why hasn't the mainstream press already jumped all over it? But I think she did a service by by kind of breaking it open. And then cable news started following it. And then, of course, she did another monologue where she called Ivanka the uh, the C word. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, how shocked were you by the response to that? Oh, I was I felt naive because I was shocked. I shouldn't have been, but I was. 
Yeah, I don't know. The I think it was a bold move, you know, and uh, but you know, at that point, Sam and what she's always done from and from the beginning on the show, she's extremely authentic. She comes at the story. She is. You know, she doesn't walk around being an angry human being. She's one of the happiest, most centered people I've ever met in my life. Um, but when she's pissed off about something, she's really angry. And the thing that you have to respect about Sam is that she's not going to hold back. She's not going to, you know, um, take, you know, well, I can't say this. I can't do this because what about me? What about me? She, she really comes at it from such a place of authenticity. Um, and you have to give her credit for that because she does things that, a lot of people would not have the guts to do. So in that case, yeah, she was really, really angry. We were ahead of the story. Um, but I, if anyone, you know, followed what was happening on social media after that, we had a lot of support. Like mm -hmm. Sally Field, you know, came, which was amazing. We love Sally Field. But, you know, a lot of people came to our defense and said, you know, this is a story we should be really angry about. Yeah. There are children in cages. There, are, This has not been solved. We're talking about Space Force now. <laughs> yes. We have not connected families who have been separated. Like, so when we have these conversations at work, we have goosebumps. Like, we're on fire from it. We're not sitting back going, what's the funny joke around this? We're upset by it. We cry. We really do. And we're like, let's go after the story. And what Sam is so good at, she... Um, you know, she she really she knows the story she wants to tell. She did this for like 13 years at the Daily Show. You know, she knows the story she wants to go for and how deep she wants to go into it. And it's sort of like, let's go for it. And and that's what we do on the show. Yeah. And I think also to, to answer your earlier question, there are not a lot of women working in newsrooms. And so Certainly I think not enough for Sam. Part of that anger was just as a mom, you can imagine what it would feel like to have your child ripped away from you. And a lot of the anger and passion comes from that. And maybe if you don't have a lot of women working with you, you don't have someone in the room who's fighting for we have to tell this story. Do you feel like it's hard to find comedy has it become hard to find comedy in these stories never it really isn't like uh, you, uh, hard is not okay i guess i shouldn't say that there's that's what we do mm -hmm. you know what i mean we, we this is the way we translate it we're like we don't make fun of the story we can we can come around it in a certain way and and comment on people who are connected to it like the choices that people made that separated children to begin with and make jokes around that will never make fun of the children. Of you know what I mean? So um, it's not about, you know, I'm always amazed what our writers do because when I know that we, there's going to be a certain topic we're going to talk about, it's really amazing on show night to go, wow. Like in just such a clear, concise way. And then, you know, there's rehearsal and then you guys go in and then do rewrite for a few hours and just like, Finesse, 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 finesse. And in such a, yeah, in, in such an authentic and great way that's so perfect for Sam's voice. Yeah, there's seven of us. So it would be hard. Like if it was one writer, it would be hard. Of course, but there's seven right, of to come us. up so with everyone. All of it. Yeah, everyone has their own voice that they fold into Sam's and everyone has their area. Like one of our writers, Kristen, is the pop culture girl. So she'll always have like a comparison to someone on The Bachelor or something like that. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. everyone has their own thing that they bring to it. And so you can find an angle for everything. Mm -hmm. But it is um, it can be tricky because, right, you have to make fun of the right person. I think that's where a lot of um, 
we do hold comedians probably to too high of a standard, but when comedians get in trouble, a lot of times it's because they point in the wrong direction and you have to be making fun of the person who's in power in the story. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, there's so much, I think that the hypocrisy that's going on with the administration and the policies that they, and the outrageousness, I think gives room for the humor because it's just like you can, you're constantly poking being able to like how can you not make fun of space force yes yeah. i know that's just like what is made for happening you? are you kidding me you want to be king of space oh god so like yeah. these people he probably are... wants a trump tower in space like or the you know space station be the trump space we're station. laughing but he's a hundred percent thinking how can i get a trump sign the whole yeah. just in it's space, space. On, on the moon <laughs> That we can see from Earth. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have the first hotel in space. Like he can. He just says things that will never happen, and this will. It will never happen in his lifetime. Here's the thing. Like we all know people who are like that, and that's fine. Like if if you're a human being who's like, I want this. Like a lot of celebrities are that way. That's fine. What's scary is that there's like a lot of people who are like, okay, he wants space force. Let's go do it. That's what's actually crazy. Well, it seems like his supporters are really excited about that. You guys have been to. (laughs) They're excited about the name. They'd be excited about if he was like poop town. They'd be like, yeah, poop town, poop town. Anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. What what it was. What's it like going to his rallies? You guys have been to his rallies. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. tell us. Tell us the inside scoop. Well, you know what's really funny? We obviously, um, Ashley and I have a very different experience yes. <laughs> going to rally because, like, I could be a Republican. Not, I'm not saying Republicans have one certain look, but, like, you know, look at my hair today. Like, it's, right. you know, You're you can't see it, but You're it's blonde. blonde. It's, it's curly. curly. <laughs> I'm wearing a pink shirt. Like, it, what would happen when I would be... Melania inter- Pussy Bow. Yeah, yeah. I'm super... It, listen, it works. It works. Rocket. <laughs> um... <laughs> But I would go to these conventions and I would start talking to people and they were like, oh, this is so great. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. and they would I could slowly start to see in their face. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. This is not how this is going in a whole other direction. than I thought it was going to go in. Um, so it was really fun going to conventions. But as I said, Ashley had a very, very, very different. different experience. But as okay, as what I, was your experience? As soon as I talked to anyone, everyone is very nice. But and but they they look at me and also when we were going to the convention stuff I had pink hair and they're like oh you are here to make fun of me like they know what the deal is from the top uh-huh. um, and it's really interesting because I would say ninety ninety nine percent of the people I talk to are super super nice. And the disconnect is that they just have a different set of information that they believe to be true. So none of those people would ever say like, oh, I don't like black people or I don't like you because you're black, blah, blah. But they would say, well, you know, black people have less education and get worse jobs. So blah, blah. You know, it's like they've just been given a set of facts and I'm making finger quotes since you can't see me um, that they approach the world from and obviously there are hateful people but they are the outliers the majority of people have just been watching Fox News all day and Fox has told them a story about the world that they believe to be true and they're making decisions based on those ideas and it's tough because I you meet all these people and I'm like you're a wonderful woman I would love to know you Um, And we have this huge disconnect because you have believed a different set of facts than I do. And someone did that to you. Like, that's not that woman's fault. She is responsible. She turned on the TV. Mm -hmm. She turned on what looked like a news station. Right. (laughs) And And a man in a suit who looked very respectable told her a story and she believed it. And so you never felt hostility or um, from when you were in one of these Trump rallies because as someone who just never, but rarely. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, because when you watch them on TV, they look frightening because, you know, Donald Trump is saying really frightening, scary things. He's working up the crowd and you can see. Things have changed. Yeah. When, yeah. We, when we were going to the conventions and the rallies before the election, um, it, it was a, it's a different environment than it is now. Uh, Amy Hoggart, one of our other correspondents, went to a rally in Michigan and she felt the hostility in a different way. Um, they were they were calling her fake news. They, you know, although I don't know if anyone would like I wouldn't go to a rally right now and say, like, I'm from full frontal with Samantha B. <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't know the people at the rally yeah. don't know. I, I but you know even... what? It, a lot of people uh, Amy had thought a lot of people did. But they we kind of do this. I'm I'm from two BS. Uh, <laughs> so they just hear BS. BS. Right. <laughs> They're like fake news too. Fake news. Yeah. Do you feel like Ashley you had said, you know, how there's just this disconnect. Do you feel like there's a fix for that, for all these people that have that disconnect? Um, I've said this before, and it's like mm, hopeful but depressing at the same time, which is I get to have conversations with these people one-on-one for five minutes or 20 minutes or whatever. And those are good conversations, and I think that that could be the answer, but there just isn't time to send a black woman to have a five-minute conversation with everybody in America. Like, yeah. we have other things to do. But maybe that do. is the answer. <laughs> I mean, you know, we have other yeah, things sorry, to do. The apology tour, the, the black conversation tour. Sit down well, not yeah. just, tour. <laughs> just Ashley. Just Ashley. <laughs> you have to get uh, those, uh, like, 62 million Americans who voted for him. Yeah. Can you fit that in before the midterms, please? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, it in. I do think like face to face conversation is a huge can be a huge help. And you just like. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Ask that person to consider what if it was this? Because a lot of times no one's ever offered a different opinion to them before. But that's not a solution. Like it just isn't possible for everyone to have a face-to-face conversation. Now, who's funnier? Liberals? Or conservatives? Uh, liberals are funnier, but conservatives have a better sense of humor. A liberal, really? a liberal talking to a conservative is funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, explain that. That's yeah. so interesting. Uh, so just practically, in order to get good at comedy, you have to move to Los Angeles, Chicago, or New York and like study comedy for a long time. It's a it's a trade. It's something you have to learn to do. If you're conservative and you or move Toronto. To, or Toronto. 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 Yes, yeah. Toronto, <laughs> our hometown. If you're conservative and you move to one of those places, you're going to get less conservative in the 10 years it takes you to get good at comedy because you're going to meet a lot of different kind of people. You're going to be in a more liberal city. And comedy has always been about speaking truth to power. And conservatism is kind of about like maintaining power the way it is. So they kind of are on a very fundamental level opposed. That being said, conservatives have a way better sense of humor because liberals are much more easily offended. (laughs) And conservatives will laugh at themselves and laugh at you making fun of their guy uh, more than liberals. This is your, this is so true. Actually, what I you're never saying to me right now. This is, you know, because I when uh, when we would go to the rallies, we would get so much comedy. When I would go to, to like a Bernie rally, 
it, it, I had to be really careful. They got mad at me really fast. Yeah, they don't I, I, I offended everybody. Oh, I've had like the most contentious interviews with people where we're totally disagreeing, going back and forth. And then when the camera's off conservatives, they're like, you're funny. That was funny. When you said that about me, that was funny. You're good at this. Yeah. Not liberals. Well, and no, you see, so I, I completely would not have guessed that because like, for example, Donald Trump doesn't appear to have any sense of humor he at doesn't, all. He, no. he doesn't count. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. think she means him. Yeah. Also, he's not a conservative. He's like not a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> We don't really know what he is, but definitely not a conservative. Yeah. Why does he have no sense of humor? What do you think that's about? He sucks. Uh, <laughs> well, how, how much time do we have? Yeah. That's we, a question for a we've therapist. We've got to go back, yeah, 65 years, maybe earlier. 72. Um, so tell us what's it. Oh, oh, before we ask about Samantha B, you also, didn't you go to California? You were there for when they were doing the primaries yes. and you were like all worried. Well, we were all, all worried that the Democrats were all going to cancel each other out yeah. because of their, the way they have their runoff system. And, um, how did you, like when you were there, how did you feel about that? You were, I think your mom was there yeah, with you. Yeah, that's my home district. Like, did you... Did you feel, did you get a sense that they were all going to cancel each other out? Like, is this what liberals do or Democrats do that they're too um, concerned with fighting each other? And um, on the ground, what scared me the most is I kept talking to people who didn't know there was an election happening. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that district, it's like half, basically, it's like half conservative and half liberal and half white and half diverse and I live on the more diverse side and nobody in my neighborhood knew an election was happening so I don't know if the problem is too many Democrats running or if it's just out of all those people running none of them had done a great job of letting people know that there was an election (laughs) it's kind of like let's do that first so what are you guys going to do then for the midterms are you going to be covering them Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Speaking of letting people know there's an election. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you know how you're going to do it? Yeah. We're, have we, do we have a, is that a secret? Is game, okay, we can talk about Game of Five. Okay. We're launching an, <laughs> we're launching uh, an app um, uh, for, uh, called This Is Not a Game, which is basically, it's, it's going to be super fun. And it's, um, it's something that we're launching kind of to connect people to the midterm so they can, because we want people to vote. And I don't know if there's any, has there ever been a late night show that's had a, a game before an app, but I think it's uh, we're going to be launching it in September, and we have a piece around it that we're going to have on the it show. It doesn't on have a name. 12. It's is called. It it's this called. Is this is not a game. Okay. This is not. This a is game. not a game. The, <laughs> the game. game. <laughs> okay. Can yeah. you heard it here first, Hollywood Life podcast listeners? This is not a game. The game. And it's a trivia game. App. It's a trivia game. Yep. Uh, they're huge, like crazy cash prizes. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was even amazed at the cash prize. I'm like, where does the money come from? But I'm like, don't ask, don't ask any questions. <laughs> they already just told us the we're game. not allowed to win Aww. the cash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just to hopefully help people get excited about voting and know and where their polling place is and all oh, that Oh, I see. Stuff. Yeah. What will it, what will part of the game be and how will it help get people to vote? Uh, so a lot of the trivia is like election or politics related, but then there's like bonuses if you know where your polling place is or oh. if you are registered to vote. Stuff like see? That. Yeah. Well, you guys also, um, in one of your, uh, whatever the well one Field of the um, <laughs> videos that you guys did you went to a liberal like convention and talked to a lot of the women especially that are running 
um, like Stacey Abrams was in. Oh one yeah, of the we went to Netroots. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Netroots convention. And yeah. that was, yeah, that really was awesome funny. Just to kind of give a look at it because that was back in September in 2017, where you know Stacey Abrams. People were just learning about her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We went to Atlanta. I think it was last, it was June that we, we, we shot the piece. Yeah. And we, that's when I learned about Stacey. Yeah. Abrams. Like, and it was amazing. She's one of these people too. And Ashley can talk more to it because she, we, once we met Stacey, we're like, we need to do a whole piece with this person because she is electrifying. Like, she's one of those people that when you're with, you're just like, you got, like, I don't know, you got it. Like, you, yeah, you, her charisma you got it. really translates. Every yeah. time I, I watch her talk, I'm like, rah, run for president. Yeah, yeah, she's also like so smart. Like, she's crazy smart. We went to a campaign event and there were like 20 people there and they could just ask her whatever question. And people were, you know, one guy asked, like, you know, my mom lives in this suburb and the only jobs are in Atlanta and the infrastructure between is, is, it's hard for her to get to work, whatever. And Stacy gives every time a 20 minute long answer where she understands every aspect of the city law, the state law, the county law, the infrastructure, the budget, the planning and how you would have to negotiate with Republicans to get it done. And she just knows everything and is also like very cool at the same time. It's remarkable. There's a lot of exciting people that are going to be running in the midterms. Yeah. I just in that short, you know, think piece that you guys did, it was evident. You talked to so many of them and brought them to light, which was really awesome. Who else do you like? Who else is going to be exciting? Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. There's so many people. Has anyone come to, to mind that you are like super excited about? Oh, I this is not not a politician, but we're hopefully going to talk to a woman, just a regular woman in Michigan, who got a ballot an, a ballot initi- an initiative on the ballot in her state to change how they do gerrymandering so mm. that people can decide instead of politicians. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's just like a regular person who posted on her Facebook page and got some interest and then got all of the signatures that were needed. And now there will people will have a chance to vote on something they wouldn't have otherwise because she did this. And I think there's like so many stories like that in every state because so many people, women in particular, are just stepping their game up. And look, instead of looking around and going, who's going to fix this problem? Women are starting to go, me. Um, and I guess that would be the positive. Like if we we're going to say there's something positive yeah. from what's going on, there's so many women and so many women of color who are stepping up. Yeah, someone is going to regret waking all these women up. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, think I they sure are. hope so. <laughs> I think they are. Tell us just what is it like, um, like a typical day being at Full Frontal. It's always different, which is what's so exciting. I mean, we have we have very different jobs at the show. Um, you know, I'm either out shooting something. Um, I direct a lot on the show, so I shoot pieces with Sam, or we're, we're tr- I'm trying to book people for the show, or you know, the kind of one of the exciting things about about working on Full Frontal is that you don't do just one thing, so we're always busy. You know, um, we have a pretty small staff, and we do multiple things, and everybody is working all the time. So it depends on the day. Like, you know, this week I shot something on Monday. It was a 12 hour shoot out in the sun. It had to be on, we had to air it on Wednesday for, cause we, we pre pre-taped a show for next week. So I had to edit all day Tuesday, get it on the air Wednesday night, you know, so there was, Wait, oh, which segment was that? Um, it's for, it's, it's, it's a surprise. Oh, it's okay. for next, for next um, it's week. for next, okay. it's for next week. It's our act four. And then, you know, I had to come in and, on yesterday and re-edit some of the stuff in terms of the sound and then t- 
work for, cause we're going on hiatus for a few weeks. So do such stuff for September and try and get things for September set up. So there's, there's lots of, it's always, it's always different. And it's, and it's, I don't know, it's pretty exciting. You have a more set, you know what we, you're doing yeah, every week. So the writers have a pretty set schedule, uh, which is like, we come in at 10, we have a meeting, we take, get assignments. Everyone goes off and writes their own version of the piece. And then someone, um, either myself or the other senior writer, Joe Grossman, or our head writer, Melinda Taub, compiles everybody's script into one script. And so it's kind of like cyclical. Like we do a lot of our less topical stories on Thursday and Friday and our more topical stories on Monday and Tuesday for the Wednesday show. But because I'm also a correspondent, it is a lot of me like doing that while sitting in the makeup chair because like they are just running around from like meeting to meeting and trying to have trying to have it all. And what should we know about Sam that we don't know? Um, Sam, <laughs> this is Sam doesn't drink, uh, but all the writers do. So we <laughs> write a lot of jokes about drinking. And if you just watch a show, you would think that Sam's like a big drinker. But yes, she's not. No, <laughs> not at all. She has one margarita. It's it's we call her Margarita Sam. <laughs> yeah, anyone cannot drink during this, these times. <laughs> she's she's honestly like she's shooting a huge promo for Gamify over the past couple of days, and she's been she shot you know, two shows on Wednesday and basically is shooting pieces every single day. Here's something that I often tell people when I'm doing warm up. She makes her lunch on Sundays Uh. for the whole week. Like she'll make a pot of something and she'll eat it every day for lunch because it's really, (laughs) yeah, she brings in a Tupperware. That is funny. Because she thinks if she orders things, it's going to upset her stomach. She's got so much going on. So she, cause she loves to cook. She loves cooking. So okay, this is so one thing we've she learned does. That. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's, what else? What else about Sam? Well, we had to ask her to change her lunch. Why? Oh, the kale thing? Yeah, because she would make like a kale and chickpea thing and then warm it up in the microwave yeah. in the Smell. room with yeah. us. And oh. we were like, you have to stop eating this. And she accommodated that sounds us. so helpful. <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, you, this talent says a lot about Sam when you can say to, you know, your host, your showrunner, your, yeah. you know, your executive producer, your lunch smells Could like fart. <laughs> Your lunch smells like you're eating fart. Could you not make it anymore? Because we're dying. And she'll be like, oh, okay, sure. How, how's about a chili? How's about I make a chili? Who had to tell her? Who had to break the news? Everybody. It was oh, we like, always make group effort. Oh, yeah, you can, you can say, and Sam is like the least precious person in the world. You can yeah. Well, just, just the fact that she's on Sunday sitting at home making her lunch for the week in a crock pot yeah. or something. Yeah. And for her three <laughs> and children. Her kids, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one last thing I want to ask you about. Uh, you guys did a great segment this week about women being pregnant in the workplace. And I thought that was so, so important. And it, it just struck me that here in this country, and again, you know, uh, being Canadian myself and Alana, you're Canadian. Like it is different in Canada. The 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 laws do give you paid time off for quite a long time. Like there is a different attitude. So I your segment was about basically how women are penalized so much in terms of promotions, salary, not being able to take time off, not having like having to still lift heavy packages and things at jobs when they're pregnant. And yet, on the other hand, in this country, we're going through trying to restrict women's access to birth control, abortion, like all the things that keep you from being pregnant. So it's like, what is going on? What do you want? They're ping-ponged. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, I think like, people just get hate. pregnant. Don't get pregnant. I think people just hate women. And don't want them because it is like if you if you look at it logically, there's no logic to it. If you don't want people to have abortions, the most logical thing would be to provide provide birth 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 control. Both of those things, then you just don't want women to be able to have any control over their body. I uh, heard a woman recently say that it's because they don't want the competition in the workplace. That like if women get to choose when and if they have children, then what they're going to do is go get jobs and have these like great fulfilling careers that they want to have. And if they don't, then uh, pregnancy is what holds women back from being in the workplace. So maybe it's like trying to have less competition. But I, I don't know. I really think it's just like people don't think women can be trusted with their own choices. I have so many thoughts about this. I have two children. So and I, you know, came from Canada where I didn't have a maternity leave because I was a freelance actor where no one gave me any money. Um, But, you know, you are nowhere near ready to go back to work at six to eight weeks. You're, you're, can I say this on Hollywood life? Your vagina is not healed. You need to take care of yourself and you need to take care of your body. And if you want, um, when I had my, my children, I was just like, I can't, I, I can't believe I made this this should be what this is insane and so you know the the lack of support here is mind-blowing to me and at the same time like no and you also can't get health care through Planned Parenthood because we're to shut that down too so I would love to think it's not we hate women but I can't come with another narrative well and they're also promoting Trump's promoting these Skinny, I'm doing that quote thing too. Skinny healthcare plans that don't cover prenatal care and and childbirth. And we have the the um, we're the only developed country where the rate of women and babies who die during childbirth is actually going up. Mm-hmm. So it's like even if you if what you want is everyone to have babies and therefore to be a lot of babies, not giving women healthcare when they're pregnant is bad for the babies. It's I don't know. And the but, birth rate's going down. Too, and I feel like that's because of the, you know, kind of conditions yeah, that no have been support. put on women. Oh yeah, you if you don't support women, this is what happens. There right. was a really funny New York Times. I think it was New York Times. They did a survey and they asked millennials, "Why aren't you having children?" And then they ranked the answers. And the top like ten answers were all about finances. Like, I don't feel like I can mm-hmm. afford a child. I don't make enough money. My job is not secure enough. You know, these kind of answers. And then at the top, <laughs> the headline was like, "Millennial women don't want to have children because they don't." want to slow down or because they don't want to be parents. It's like, but they told you that it was, they don't have the financial support. Every answer was about financial support. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's amazing. Well, anyway, I thought it was a terrific piece and um, I feel like you may not feel like you're a journalist, but I feel like you are through comedy and the attention you give, you're enlightening people who watch the show. So thank you very much. And I really appreciate you coming in and talking us to us here at Hollywood Life. And everybody needs to tune in to Full Frontal on Wednesdays at 10.30 p.m. on TBS. And you got to cheer for these guys that they're going to get their Emmy Awards. You deserve them. And vote yeah. in the midterms. Oh, and vote. Vote. Yes. Vote. Vote. vote for the Emmys and the midterms. Yeah, both of them. <laughs> Just all of them. And you can register to vote on HollywoodLife.com, too. That's right. Via Rock the Vote. You might as well yeah. do it right now while you're thinking about it. And yeah. if you think you're already registered, a lot of people are getting kicked off. So you need to check. Even if you know you're registered, please check. Just check. That's true. So... Thank you very much, and um, we will talk again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.